0: Welcome to the Proper Lookout podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained.
1: Hi everyone, this is Eden Christopher here, Senior Associate in the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe-Curwood. I'm joined by Vidragamirovic, Dragomirovich, Special Counsel in our team, and we're both going to talk about IAG and Priestley.
0: Hi everyone.
1: Now, in IAG and Priestley, the essence of the issue is whether or not you can award buffers when it's capable to make an award on the basis of precise calculations. Vid, do you want to run through Section 126 of the MACA? Thanks, Eden. We all know that Section 126
0: regulates the award for future economic loss, and Section 126 largely relies upon three limbs. The first being that a court cannot make an award for damages for future economic loss unless the claimant satisfies the court that the assumptions that are being used to base the award are the claimant's most likely future circumstances. The second part of Section 126 deals with the reduction against the claimant's future most likely circumstances that must be applied. These are generally referred to as the vicissitudes. And thirdly, when an award is being made in accordance with Section 126 of the Act, it must be made on the basis the court provides the assumptions that are relied upon in awarding the amount for future economic loss. The methods that are used in order to assess future economic loss largely fall into two categories, the first being a calculation and the second being a global allowance or a buffer. Did you want to run
1: through a couple of things in relation to those two methods, Eden? Well, yeah, well... The precise calculation method is essentially you know the earnings before the accident, you know the earnings after the accident, you know how long they would have been working for, so you base the calculation upon those couple of figures that you have. Now, a buffer is only able to be awarded when you don't know those things or when there's a, things in the future that are uncertain and assessments of damages future economic loss are never going to be perfect and the court has to do the best they can. But that's why 126 makes sure that the court or the judge or assessor puts down their assumptions so that anybody reading the judgment can work out how they've come to that conclusion. I should say that, just to make it abundantly clear, that if a specific calculation can be made, then it should be done.
0: In circumstances where you may have a definite period that someone has a loss of capacity, but then it may follow that there is an unknown period as to what that capacity or incapacity might be, there are authorities to to enable an assessment being made by way of a part calculation and a part buffer or global allowance. So consider a circumstance where you've got a claimant that may have to retire early. Such a calculation may be based upon the precise incapacity that that claimant has up until that the working life expectancy or the reduced working life expectancy and if the unknown is that that claimant may have to retire at some point in time but it won't be known precisely when a global allowance or a buffer could be awarded
1: for that period yeah or say a claimant won't come to the need for a a hip replacement or a joint replacement until sometime in the future it's really impossible to tell whether or not that claim will bounce back from that surgery or not. So a specific calculation might be made up until the time of the expected surgery and then maybe a buffer afterwards depending on like, you know, whether or not they will bounce back. But let's turn to the decision in this matter, IAG and Priestley, Supreme Court decision by Justice Fagan. And I'll just read out the facts in relation to the claimant's earnings since the accident. The accident occurred in 2010. The assessment was made recently. So basically the claimant was 19 at the time of the accident and a trainee childcare worker at a kindergarten. The accident caused injuries and pain and disability arising from her neck and back. She uh, returned to work or she was employed at ch- a kindergarten she undertook a certificate 3 in childcare work with another childcare center. She had a child, three different children throughout the period. She returned to work there was details before the assessor of what she earned at those differing points, how many hours she worked and what kind of duty she was doing, such as she went to light duties and then she went to other different capacities. So all that information was before the assessor. However, the assessor just awarded a buffer of $50,000. And the issue the court had was that there was enough information there in order to make a precise calculation.
0: So... The court from my understanding in this circumstance looked at the evidence that was available, the claimant's income at the time of the accident and her income from employment subsequent to the accident, considered her incapacity during these periods and arrived at a conclusion that there were two distinct periods that a calculation could be made based upon her incapacity and the loss of income that she sustained. The court Adopted the view that a precise calculation could be made based upon the difference in earnings from her pre injury earnings and those that she was making at the time following the accident. What was the court's view with respect
1: to the award made for future economic loss, Ian? In terms of future economic loss, the assessor made an award of $400,000 the assumptions that the assessor relied on to make this calculation was that the claimant was 27 at the time of the, ac- uh, the assessment, sorry, and the claimant would have worked full-time until the age of 67. The assessor found that but for the accident, he believed that the claimant would either be in work full-time as a supervisor of a childcare centre or in full-time work as a primary school teacher. Now, the court was quite critical of the assessor's reasons and said that the award for future economic loss was a devoid of explanation, which is quite harsh words. The court found that the assessor did not determine which of the most likely career alternatives identified, the supervisor of the childcare centre or the primary school teacher, uh, which one it would have been, or, you know, the assessor didn't say what the likely income of those two careers would be. And without these sort of details that the assessor should have put down in his reasons, those reading the judgment or the certificate are unable to assess whether or not the award was reasonable or not. So essentially, this is basically a decision saying that the reasons were not adequate. The decision reinforces two distinct and
0: important principles that we have to consider when assessing quantum in these circumstances. The first being that we should always consider a calculation when considering past and future economic loss and in circumstances where the evidence does not give us the opportunity to make a precise quantification, then can we only consider whether a global allowance can apply. The second principle is to consider whether the reasons provided were adequate in the
1: circumstances. Do the reasons have to be lengthy, Eden, though? Do they have to canvas everything? No, they don't have to be overly detailed, and that's there's plenty of authority on that. But in these situations, I guess the main takeaway is that somebody can't read this decision and, and sort of see how the assessor got to that calculation. There's just not enough detail there.
0: I guess we can also take this and and similar cases that have been decided along these lines and apply it to the application of Maya, particularly common law damages claims. The same principles apply. We have to consider, one, whether a precise calculation can be made, and two, whether there are adequate reasons to any award or a judgment that has been handed down. Do you see any other
1: implications here under Maya? For buffers, I don't think you can award buffers in Maya for stat benefits. I think it's just an assessment of capacity and then a determination of what the earner would have earned. Is that right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. So some other takeaways from the case is just make sure that when you're assessing damages, make sure you know the assumptions that you're basing your calculation on. And then when you're making submissions, make sure you let the assessor know what you think the most likely future circumstances are and that any award, make sure that you tell the assessor how you came to make that award. And when you're checking judgments and when you're checking car certificates, make sure that there is enough detail in the certificate in order to understand how the assessor or judge came to that award. Good point, Zedin. Thanks, Fit. Thanks for running through this with me. Oh, thanks for including me today. Uh-huh. Thanks, everybody. Uh, have a good day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Curwood's full team of specialists.